Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Brad Kreiser founded the Kreiser's Natural Pet Store chain and is now the Chief Education Officer at the Independent Pet Partners, IPP. His goal has always been to offer services and ways to help strengthen the dog and human bond. With IPP, they recently created a guide to the five pillars of pet wellness, including key pillars of companionship and purpose to help dog owners realize how important your emotional connection with your dog is for their overall well-being. Hey, Brad, welcome to Dog Save the People. We're so happy to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just delighted to be here to talk to you. Thank you. Now, where are we speaking to you from? I am in Los Angeles right now. Oh, okay. Is that where you live? I do live in Los Angeles. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago, moved to Los Angeles about 10 years ago. Okay, nice. Yeah. You grew up with a dog uh, who was born within weeks of, of your own birth. Yeah, actually. So I was born on May 16th, and my first dog, which was Coco, and she was a standard poodle. Absolutely amazing, amazing dog. She was born May 23rd. So we were literally born one week apart. And then we got her when I was like nine to 10 weeks old. So there's literally always been a dog in my life and in my world in there. And at that time, we also had two cats as well. So we were a full pet family with that. I love it. You're like litter mates, you and Coco. We absolutely were litter mates. And, you know, and she lived just amazing long life. She lived to be almost 16 years old. And that's pretty amazing, especially back then for a, a standard poodle. She yes. was an amazing dog. Absolutely. And then when did you get your first dog as an adult? First dog as an adult, I actually got right after my freshman year of college. And that dog was a golden retriever, which I absolutely love golden retrievers. Yes, me Her too. name was uh, Casey Jones or Casey. She was just my best friend. There's no doubt about that. She was just there through so yeah. many different things and a lot of growth in my life too, through college and then my early work years and then into getting married and things. So she was a very big part of a lot of my growing years. So after Casey, uh, yep. how many other dogs have you had in your life? Since then, I had a uh, an amazing little mix named Dr. Wu. Now, he was adopted, and they gave him that name at the agency, and I said, well, that's just such an amazing name. I'm not going to change that. So Dr. <laughs> Wu, he was, he, he was my, next, my next buddy, you know, and he was also just played such an important role in my life, in my kids' lives. He was there for the births and growing up of all four of my human children and was just so unbelievably amazing with them. He knew what he was there for, and he loved those kids to death. But he did have an immune disorder. And, uh, you know, when that came out when he was about seven or eight years old. And based on that, you know, he really shouldn't have had that much longer of a life. And he ended up living another seven years after that. And I could tell you it was through proper pet nutrition, wellness, and taking care of him that really helped him to stay there and keep his body healthy and his immune system healthy. You know, it was very quick at the end. He actually had a brain tumor. But that was only, he only passed about uh, six months ago. So okay. that was pretty recent. Uh, but we also, uh, during that time, about five years ago, almost six years ago, we went to adopt a little puppy during a Clear the Shelters event. And of course, that puppy had a sister. And they asked if we would possibly think about adopting two. I didn't plan on going and adopting two. But of course, I saw these two little ones together. And that 
done. They came home with us, and uh, those two dogs are named Bella and Bailey, and they're also two, I, I, I think they're Chihuahua Terrier, as far as we can tell. But, you know, out here in California, a lot of things come with Chihuahua in them when you're getting a small mixed breed. Oh, absolutely. They are sisters, they're litter mates, and they are unbelievably amazing dogs. It's so much fun to be able to see them together and also just the way that they interact with my family. And then about uh, six months ago, during another Clear the Shelters event, uh, we adopted a cat. So now we have a cat named Stella. The dogs and the cat get along unbelievably well. Oh, that's great. You're lucky there. Oh, we're very, very lucky. They play well. They like to hang out and be in the same area. I just love being able to have that in here and having my children have that opportunity to have all sorts of pets. I love it. What a great environment for your kids to grow up in. And I have a wonderful quote here from you that says, I literally could not live without a dog in my house. I don't know how anybody does. It's absolutely true. You know, my parents uh, are for the first time without a dog in their house. And when I go to visit them and there, it's just a very odd feeling in there because first of all, there always was a dog and right. now there isn't. It's just, it's something it just does. It just doesn't feel right. The energy is off. <laughs> and you know, that energy that those pets bring into your house, it's it's just it's remarkable it's amazing it really is and that's a big part of what i wanted to speak to you about today so so you created this incredible brand of chrysers in the the chain of stores now how did you find your way into the world of pets for me it was one of those things where you know i wasn't so happy with everything that i was doing in my life i didn't like waking up in the morning to the job that i was doing so i had one of those i'm going to sit down and i'm going to see and decide what makes me happy and pets have always been a extremely major part of my life. And even in my early, early younger years, talked about starting pet businesses. But so I sat down and I said, well, what can I do that is going to be able to be something that I can start and is going to be able to, uh, you know, be able to support my family? decided that there was uh, opportunities in here. And I started what was referred to as, I'll refer to as a pet care services center. So within that, we had boarding, daycare, grooming, training, massage therapy, and retail of natural pet foods. So that started out in about 1999. And from there, I, uh, while I was running that, that's called The Barking Lot, and that's located in Chicago. But from there, I saw that there was a real opportunity for natural pet food. So I was in a very middle-class neighborhood in Chicago, but we started seeing people from all over in the city starting to come to our store because the things that really had in our retail was all natural. Besides that, which was more important, was the educational aspect. Because, you know, we're talking, you know, early 2000s in Chicago. Things usually don't happen in the Midwest before they happen on the coast. So this was natural pet food was not something that was top of mind. Plus, there really weren't even that many offerings at the time that in the natural pet food market, as we know that that has drastically changed over the Absolutely, last Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, which is fantastic for in my mind altogether, you know, being able to care for our pets in a completely different way than we were able to do before, which was my whole idea and being able to do this. Plus, we had uh, in there, we had grooming services in there because I also think that part of a pet's, you know, all-natural life is grooming services as well and the things that happen within those and keeping their pets healthy. So with that, I started a second chain called Chrysler's in uh, 2006, and that was devoted to uh, being a natural pet store with a very, very strong focus on education, but also tried to reinvent the way that uh, mom and pop pet stores, which mine certainly was, were aesthetically uh, pleasing and making them more of an environment that someone wants to come into and spend time. 
And in uh, about three years ago, almost three years ago now, I sold the business to a group called Independent Pet Partners, but I am still 100% involved and work with that company every single day. And my role right now is actually something that is just near and dear to my heart. And I am what is referred to as the chief education officer. So I get to do what I love the most, which is to educate people, educate our customers, educate our team just on how to be able to help a pet live their happiest, healthiest, longest life. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit about I know that you that you all at IPP created a blueprint for pet wellness and that you collaborated with the University of Denver's. Institute for Human-Animal Connection. So can you walk me through what this process was and what you all found? Yeah, so, you know, what we had realized is is that there had really never been a comprehensive work done on pet wellness. So, you know, the World Health Organization has worked and they've done things, a lot of things on human wellness, but there really wasn't enough done. So we wanted to collaborate with them and try and develop a blueprint, so to speak, on all of the different parts, which we turned into what we refer to as our five pillars of pet wellness, which include nourishment, play, comfort, companionship, and purpose. So each of this helps us to be able to start breaking down all of the things that go into a pet's uh, happy and healthy life and what makes pet wellness complete for them, which really has just a positive impact on humanity, which is something that I just don't see in many different kinds of retail environments to have that opportunity. And that's what we have, and we take it very seriously. I love it. Could you discuss the companionship and purpose pillars specifically? And why do you think these two are so crucial to dog owners? Purpose is the experiencing of the feelings of love, the shared bonds and reciprocation that allows pets to realize, you know, their full potential. So having quality time and reciprocity and making it so that it's equal and that they're having the time and we're having a good time with them. And sometimes there are breed specific things that need to be done and bringing together breed specific communities. When you look at companionship, you know, what we're what we're really talking about is helping to develop a pet's emotional and intellectual well-being, which includes things such as effective communication through positive reinforcement, habits, and social and emotional learning, helping them to uh, get better interactions with uh, socially and with other people so that they can be around others and have a healthier and more uh, interactive life and get a lot more out of it then also looks into their emotional health. So that's also very important in understanding a pet's emotional health and what we can do to be able to help them within that. So the companionship part is very important. And there's a lot of different things that you can do through that, you know, whether we have classes, whether you can work in daycare, group training, take part in community events, other things, just to be able to help to work with them, to be able to be a great companion and be able to uh, be, um, you know, part of our society in a happy way. For example, like we were actually highlighting companionship pillar and offered a series of educational seminars that included the positive impacts of pets and people that are often feel loneliness during the holidays. Mm. So, you know, that's the thing and how their, their pets are there for us, but also, you know, being able to talk to our, our, our pet parents about during that time and how they can work with that and how pets can help with that and that they can reach out for help and that they can get that, you know, even showcasing places in the community for the pet families to be able to come together. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So Brad, being in your unique position working in the industry and helping humans have the best relationship possible with their dogs, what are some of the things you've noticed about the bond that we have as humans? I've worked with a lot of different, you know, people, of course, you know, individually. 
But I've also worked with a lot of different organizations that really kind of prove that to the utmost in the way that the pets, you know, help people. And one of those being that I've worked with a lot of veterans groups mm-hmm. and being able to help with training service dogs for service members that are suffering from, you know, PTS. It's something that we've seen time and time again, that having a service dog, having a dog that is able to be with them and understand them and work with them, and it's life-saving. And the amount of veterans that need these dogs and what they can do for them is still just way underserved right now. And, you know, seeing the way that they change their lives and they bring them hope and they bring them happiness and they bring them peace in their lives. It is just, I can't tell you how it feels and talking to some of these veterans that I've helped and that we've helped over the years and just what it's done for them. And, you know, it's something that I continue to be a part of and continue to work with. We've, you know, raised funds. We also have worked with groups that are uh, training dogs and we've supplied all of the food and beds and treats and toys and everything that they would need to be able to make that, you know, get through that whole thing because it's very expensive and a lot, very time consuming to train a dog. And a lot of these groups are often working with volunteers and people that are just out of the goodness of their hearts that are trying to do this. There's one veterans group that I've worked with where what they actually do is is warriors helping warriors. And what they do is is there's actually service people that come in and that are not needing a service dog that come in and they also help train those dogs for their fellow soldiers. And so it's warriors helping warriors. And, you know, canine reading buddies, you know, I think you probably heard of those where there's kids that have, you know, difficulties reading and they get very nervous reading in front of people or in front of their teacher, in front of their parents. But they sit down and they read to a dog who has absolutely no judgment whatsoever. And it gives them that sense of peace of knowing that this is all good. And they end up learning better. They end up reading better and feeling better about themselves. Just another way that the dogs help us, you know, and, and, and you know, as, as your podcast is, dog saves people. I mean, it, it really, truly is. I, I mean, there's just so many different ways. <laughs> to be able to devote your life to something that you feel so passionate about, but also to be able to help both humans and pets at the same time and to kind of move the needle with our understanding and how we can better serve these animals that are serving us. I just think that it's an amazing opportunity and such a fascinating career. So I really appreciate your time with us. Thank you, sir. Brad, so where do we find, how can we find the the company and you on social media? We have a number of different social media. So we have one for each of our websites or for each of our banners. So that would be the Chrysler's one. Chuck and Don's, you would have Natural Paws, and you would also have Loyal Companions. So each of those do have a website, just as the name said, Chrysler's.com. And on there, you can join all of our different uh, social media platforms. Uh, We're on everything, and we share quite a bit. I also recommend that people come in and they sign up for our email newsletters because we put out a lot of great educational information that is very helpful. It's not just, we're not just here to try and sell product. We're here to educate. So with that, we put out a lot of great information just to be able to help your pets live that happier, healthier life in a natural way, of course. Great. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. You have a great day. I really enjoyed hearing Brad's perspective, which comes from a more business-oriented place, but is still rooted in his personal love for dogs, which is as strong as ever, if not stronger. 
I also love the five pillars of pet wellness idea and that Brad and the IPP are trying to help offer information and knowledge to dog owners about how they can have the best relationship possible with their dogs on all levels so that both humans and dogs can continue living their best lives together. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lambert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. For the dog days of summer, during July and August, we will be posting every other Tuesday. I'll be spending a lot more time with my dogs, and I hope you will be too. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog, and make it a great day for both of you.